Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's Full Court Press on Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. I'm John Fanta, and today we've got a treat for you. College basketball just over a month away. And there is a National Player of the Year frontrunner in this sport. And he's a big man. And that combination just says fun. And he's doing it for a program that you don't think of as a blue blood. They haven't been to a Final Four in 40 years. I'm talking about Luca Garza and the Iowa Hawkeyes. The expectations are ultra high. And the Hawkeyes are healthy. Jordan Bohannon, who was hurt last year, he's back. Fran McCaffrey says he feels like He's got seven starting caliber players. Garza in the front court, he averaged 24 and 10 last year, was the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award winner. And when you combine that with Bohannon, who's back, with Joe Toussaint, a sophomore guard, who I think has a chance to break out even more than he already did last year. He got invaluable experience because he had to fill in for Bohannon, and Toussaint was fantastic. You turn to Connor McCaffrey, Graham McCaffrey, head coach's son, who is a really interesting, versatile player, can extend the floor. Iowa's offense could be the most effective in all of college basketball this upcoming season. The key for them is defense. And another big key is the Big Ten, which we're going to get to. The Big Ten could have nine or ten NCAA tournament teams. I'll tell you why in a little bit on Full Court Press. But first, we have Luca. Garza, the superstar of the college basketball world in Iowa City. He is a front runner for the National Player of the Year Award in college basketball this season. The reigning Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award winner given to the best big man in the sport. And he's the only first-team All-American from last season that is back for this season. And that's why the hype is real for the Iowa Hawkeyes this season who are seeking a Final Four appearance for the first time in 40 years. And the man leading them joins us on Full Court Press this week. It is Luca Garza. Luca, thanks so much for joining us this week. You know, you had a decision in the offseason to go in the NBA or come back to Iowa. And I know when you made that decision to return to the Hawkeyes for your senior season, you said that Fran McCaffrey, your head coach, has seen so much in you and has always believed in you. What have you seen in your head coach? You know, I think I came here, um, you know, honestly, because I wanted to play for Coach McCaffrey. You know, I'm a kid from Washington, D.C. I'd never been to the Midwest before. And, um, you know, building a relationship with him through the recruiting process and trusting him, you know, is the reason I came here. And and for what he's done for me in my four years um, in in terms of developing me, helping me improve as a player, um, it's just been tremendous, and, and I'm excited to continue to go to work with Coach McCaffrey, continue to learn from him, 
um, each and every day. Let's look at that improvement as a player. And I think back to your sophomore season, you averaged 13 points around four and a half rebounds a game. How do you go from those figures to an incredible set of numbers, 24 and 10 last year? You know, I was going into a different uh, kind of role on the team. You know, Tyler Cook was leaving to the NBA, um, and we had a couple guys who were leaving. So, you know, the team was looking for me to be the kind of key guy on the offensive end. You know, coach told me that all the plays were now, you know, going to come towards me instead of Tyler because he was leaving. And uh, so I just had to get prepared and ready for that moment. Um, so I took a lot of time and worked out and worked really hard over that summer uh, to get ready and prepare. And be prepared for that moment um, and I wanted to be reliable for my team I wanted to be consistent for my team and I was able to do that this year um, and I think that's just the way we play um, you know we were able to move the ball a lot and that gets me a lot of touches in the post because the shooters we have gives me more space uh, to be able to operate and I think this year I just did a better job um, you know of, of pretty much everything so Describe that feeling, Luca, when your team is playing through you and you're dominating a game. You know, it's an unreal feeling. You know, you, your team, your coaches all have trust in you uh, to be able to put the ball in a basket and, and score for your team. And I think I've never been on a team as unselfish um, as the teams that I've played on at Iowa. You know, you have guys that, you know, I, I've never – um, as a post player, I've never gotten the ball that much, you know, in the post uh, as this year. You know, I'm getting fed every time down, and, and we're looking for the best ways to score. And, I, and you know, this this year I've been working out a lot on, uh, you know, my passing ability and be able to get out of double teams better and, and watching a lot of film of myself this year so I can be even better prepared uh, when I see double and triple teams coming this year. NBA bubble, it was fascinating. You know, we saw so many great players, so many great games. Who do you like to watch the most that you try to take things from? Well, there's a lot of guys. Um, but, you know, first uh, out of the bubble was definitely Nikola Jokic. Watching him play and everything he did is what I want to be in a post player. His, his ability to score the ball and pass the ball and just dominate a game offensively as a guy who's, you know, definitely not the most athletic um, you know, big man out there. And then he found a way every series and, and was able to, you know, dominate some pretty great teams and then, you know, led the Clippers along with Jamal Murray to to coming back and, and pulling off a huge upset. Um, but, you know, that's a guy I definitely watched a lot. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is another guy I watched a lot. He was tremendous in, in, in the bubble um, and, and also in the playoffs. I, th I think those two guys, um, you know, as big men, um, you know, I see a lot of things that I can take from their games um, and, and try to add to them. I'm thinking of, of you growing up, and you knew what a big man was then. You know, mm -hmm. people, people thought 15 years ago, Shaq. You know, I, I, that's, that's what I thought of as a kid. As you've gone on, how would you describe just what you've watched and how big men have evolved and how you've tried to evolve? And I know your head coach, Fran McCaffrey, said – that three-point shot only keeps getting better. You know, as I got older, you could just see, um, you know, big men start to step out more, shoot more threes, and, and try to stretch the floor in that way. You know, as a kid, I was first taught how to shoot the ball. And, and before I was even a post player, I was mostly a shooter. Going into high school, I would just shoot threes and, and everything like that. And then once I got a little bit bigger and, and started to work on my post game, I became more of a post-oriented scorer. Um, but I've always had very good confidence in my jump shot, and, and that's something I've continued to work on. And I know that I'm going to need to excel in, um, you know, for the next level. And I think, 
you know, for me, it just helps me being that versatile on the offensive end, being able to score from a lot of different areas. It gives me an advantage, you know, my opponents, because you really have to, you know, kind of choose a way that you're going to play me. If you press up to my jump shot, then I'm going to be able to score in the post or, or drive to the post and, and, and anything like that. So I think, you know, I always wanted to just be a, a complete uh, basketball player, and, and I'm trying to continue to work on that. Obviously, these are some strange times. This is a unique preseason. Practices have begun. Mm -hmm. So how much different does practice feel, does everything you're doing feel with the pandemic? You know, honestly, um, you know, I think it feels like a, like a regular season. We've been going at it. We've been going really hard. And it's honestly a good feeling uh, because it really hasn't felt normal up until this point. Uh, but now being able to be in, in the practice mode, you know, going every day um, and going three hours a day, it's, it's been awesome. And I think being around the guys, watching film with everybody and just trying to, you know, get it, get better every single day, um, it's, just, it's been really great. And I'm very encouraged of what I'm seeing from our team. And I think we're just kind of going to continue to improve every single day. What are you seeing from your team? You know, I'm seeing, you know, obviously I'm seeing the offensive talent we have when we put the lineups together. Um, and I'm seeing a team who's really willing to improve on the defensive end and, and we're watching the film and we're really focused on that. And, you know, we're obviously in the, in the beginning stage of putting in all our offensive plays and everything like that, but, you know, it's going really well and the freshmen are responding well. And I think the guys who are returning, you know, it's nice to have, you know, Jordan back out there and Jack Nunji who just started practice last week. It's really nice to have them back out there and playing with them and against them. Um, it, it's been really fun to battle. And to your point, Jordan Bohan and Jack Nunji both, going through injuries last season. How much does it feel like you have seven starters? You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. I've never been on a team that has so many guys coming back that, you know, have played and started at some point in their career. Um, and, and so we're a very deep team, and that's, that makes practice all the more better, um, you know, going against each other. Um, it, it's very competitive. And um, so it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, in these practices. And I'm, I'm very excited for us, you know, going forward just with, with the depth we had, it's going to be really hard uh, um, to guard us, and, and it's going to be very helpful on the defensive end with the length, you know, of Jack Nudgy coming back and, and, and everything like that. You know, one of the things that's unique with you and your Hawkeyes is you do have that father-son combination mm -hmm. with Coach McCaffrey, and uh, then you've got Connor and Patrick as well, the two sons. So what's the dynamic there? You know, it's awesome. I think Coach pushes both of them just like he pushes all of us. And I think Connor and Patrick, um, you know, are both very, very good players. I think Patrick, you know, obviously is younger and in learning and he's just, you know, he's a one crazy scorer. He scores the ball very well at a high level, shoots the ball well, and he's really improving on the defensive end. And he has such great length um, that, that he, you know, with learning all the defensive schemes that we have and everything like that is – it's been really fun to watch him play, and I'm very excited to have him out there with us. You know, obviously we couldn't have him last year, um, but he's gotten a lot stronger. He's put on a lot, a lot of weight this summer, which is, you know, he's always been a skinny kid, but he's starting to get a lot stronger. And then that's, you know, it's going to be tough to watch when teams, you know, have to have to try and guard him, you know, especially with that added strength. And Connor, you know, he's obviously a veteran and and you know, one of the smartest players I've played with, and you know, the the easily the best post passer, you know, on our team. So he's he's a fun guy to play with. You know, he's going to play hard. He's, he's tough. And, and you know what you're getting out of Connor McCaffrey. So, you know, it's been fun, you know, obviously. And, and, and it just adds, speaks to our depth 
you know, when you talk about those two guys, you know, obviously one of them is starter. Um, but, you know, to have, you know, Patrick off the bench is, is going to be very helpful. Fran, dad, says that Connor, son, a lot of times uh, is an extension of him on the floor. Are there ever things that come out of Connor's mouth and you think, wait a minute, I just heard that from Coach? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I would say so for sure. I think, you know, as a guy, he's always trying to push other people and motivate other people. You know, I think I try to do a lot of the same things. But, you know, as leaders, you know, we got to push each other, even, you know, if we're getting on somebody. And I think that's when it kind of reminds you of Coach when he says I'm getting on somebody. It's like, you know, we've all heard that from, from somebody else before. So, Luca, you win the top center in college basketball award last year. That's the Hoopal Kareem Abdul-Jabbar honor. Were you able to talk to Kareem? Obviously, I, I probably would have met him um, if it was a regular circumstance, which would have been crazy. But he did call me after I won it. You know, obviously, starstruck, and it was, it was a awesome. crazy conversation. Um, and, you know, um, I also got to talk to another one of my heroes, Jack Sigma, as well, like the – it was like two days in a row. Like I got to talk to both of them and I was like, you know, it was, it was an insane couple of days. What did you do during quarantine? You know, for me, I was home with my family. So that was, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, I hadn't really been at home for that long, you know, in the past couple of years. So to be able to be at home um, for an extended period of time was a lot of fun. So I soaked up, you know, all the family time, but honestly, you know, I was just trying to find a way to work out and, and continue to work on my game, you know, whether I was in the house, you know, doing push-ups or whatever and going on runs and, and stuff like that and trying to stay safe, but, you know, also continue to work, uh, you know, on myself because I know, you know, I want to improve every summer um, and I'm not really satisfied with where I'm at. So uh, I just was trying to continue to work hard and get ready. And obviously at that point I was going through the NBA draft process, so I was, I was, I was doing that as well. Best thing you watched on Netflix or you streamed? Uh, Shit's Creek. I've almost done with it. I'm, I'm very, I love it. It's a really, really good show. That is funny as hell. It is so funny. And I, I love the pace of the episodes. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's, that's what I like. And I like, you know, they're short, but they're, you know, they're funny and something happens every episode that makes you continue to want to watch. Do you have a hidden talent? that we don't know about the, the national player of the year candidate off the basketball floor, something you're good at? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I played the viola for like six to eight years, you know, growing up. So I, I used to do that a lot. I don't really play anymore. I still know how to play, um, but I haven't done it in a while. And other than that, um, you know, pretty much just, uh, I guess I play a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> What was the inspiration behind the viola? You know, my dad uh, played the trumpet and was very in touch with music throughout his whole life. Uh, so he always pushed me as a kid to try to get into music and he thought that was, you know, something good for me just to develop as a person to have like, a, you know, balance in terms of academics and having something else and basketball. Um, so for me, you know, I kind of gravitated in elementary school. They were kind of pointing out the instruments and I kind of gravitated towards the viola. And I ended up playing it from then, um, you know, all the way up into senior year of high school. So, you know, I had a lot of fun with music. Obviously, when I came to college, I, I got a little bit too busy to keep up with it. Um, but it definitely was a big part of my life. Are there translatable skills, Luca, to playing an instrument and the things that that entails to basketball? 
I think there definitely is, you know, especially when you're part of a, a group, you know, a band and, you know, in high school we would have, you know, it wouldn't just be, you know, stringed instruments. It was, you know, the jazz band and there was everybody, you know, we had drums, we had guitars, we had a whole bunch of stuff. So I think, you know, when you're a part of a team, you have to know your role and, and, and produce, you know, to be able to create, you know, uh, you know, a group, you know, uh, kind of effort. And I think, you know, it's the same thing in basketball. Everyone's got to do their job. Everyone's got to do their role on the court uh, to be able to win. Well, right now, people can't go to Iowa City to see the, the football team play and to see the basketball team play, at least as of now. We're, we're in this pandemic still. So I want to take a campus stop to Iowa, Iowa City. Under normal times, you're the senior, you're the, the – the seasoned vet, so you know what life is like in Iowa City. If I were to spend a weekend in Iowa City or a fan were to go out to Iowa City, how would they spend a weekend? What, what, were, what are the types of places you'd hit up? Where are you going to eat? What are you doing? Well, honestly, you know, you'd have to stay around the downtown area, and especially on the weekends, you know, when, whenever there's a game, you know, football, basketball, whatever, and you're walking around downtown, you know, downtown is packed. Um, there are a bunch of people walking around, and just, you know, to be – around that you know there's nothing really like it when all the students are here and you know you're eating at some of the great you know there's a lot of great you know breakfast lunch stops you know some of my favorites are you know dandelion is a great breakfast spot that a lot of people you know go to especially um you know when people are coming in and visiting and also you know pullman diner is one of my favorites um you know shorts you know there's a lot of places so you know especially you know, there's just a lot of good restaurants downtown. And in that area, just walking around on the weekends, there's a bunch of boutiques and shops as well for tourists and people who, you know, are coming from other places. And that, that happens a lot, you know, especially when, you know, football games are happening. So I think that's the best area of town. You know, you get to walk around across the Pentecrest and just see the, the whole campus. And, and it's usually just packed on those weekends. But, you know, people make that walk. Um, you know, and then they walk to the, the football stadium, which is, you know, there's nothing like going to a, to a football game and, and doing, being a part of the wave and everything like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and you can really have, you know, a really good experience on a weekend here during normal times. And that's actually what happened to me, you know, on my visit. You know, I came here, um, you know, my junior year, and I got to see, you know, a football game, a basketball game, uh, and a wrestling match in all one weekend. And, you know, having you know, 15,000 at a basketball game and, you know, whatever, how many in Kinnick and then like 30,000 for a wrestling match. It was just, you know, insane. Um, and, and you, you just got to see what, how many people are just built around this program and how many people support it. And, you know, obviously there's no pro team around here. So everyone just revolves around, you know, the university, of Iowa athletics. So it, it was definitely something I wanted to be a part of. And I'm really glad I made that decision. How much do you relish the opportunity to bring the University of Iowa to a place they haven't been to in 40 years, a men's basketball Final Four, and to try to help lead this program to somewhere they've never been, the mountaintop of winning a national championship. You know, it's, it's something that I've always dreamed of as a kid, is just to be in that moment and be able to make a run in the NCAA tournament. But especially when I got to Iowa, and I see how much – you know, the, the fans adore this program and support us. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I want to do it for myself as much as I want to do it for them and just all our guys. And I think we all, 
we all had that, you know, mindset when we came here that we wanted to make a Final Four. And coming from a team that was, you know, 14 and 19, and then almost, you know, being an overtime away from the Sweet 16 the next year, and then obviously this year being cut short. But, you know, I think we're all very motivated and, and you know, excited about this year. But I think, you know, the main thing for us is we know we have a lot of, expectations and, and we're trying not to let those affect us in any way and we're just trying to improve every day because we know in order to get there um, you can't think about that you know you got to be able to just focus on the present moment and just working hard every day and, and, and taking a, a step in that direction every single day um, and, and that's what we've been focused on that's what I've been trying to get everybody to focus on is, is to not worry about that because honestly that you know, doesn't really mean anything right now until we put it on the court and validate it. Life in the Big Ten, Luca, you know it now too well. Wisconsin, Illinois could be top 10 programs with you in the preseason poll. We could see Michigan State there. Rutgers is a top 25 team. Ohio State, there might be nine or 10 NCAA tournament teams. What goes through your mind when you think about this? Because when you play in the Big Ten, it's, it's realistic during the regular season, there, there's going to be some games that you just lose, not by virtue of, of having a bad night, but just sometimes one of these teams is better than you because that's how good the conference in the dynamic of that. And also understanding, yeah, it's just a step towards, we have got to find a way to play our best basketball when that big dance starts. And we're seeing teams that, you know, for the most part are not in our conference. You know, I think, you know, last year was another year. We had a lot of teams that were going to go to the NCAA tournament. I think going into that, postseason I don't think anybody was as prepared as the Big Ten in terms of you know those teams going into the tournament you know trying to play finally playing against someone else that's not a Big Ten team would have been a relief for every team you know in the Big Ten I think we saw that even my sophomore year with you know I think every almost every team won their first round game in the NCAA tournament and I think that's just the type of competition we have in the league um, is why I came you know to play in the Big Ten because I knew you know, was one of the toughest. And then obviously, you know, last year was the best. And then this year, it's, it's probably going to be the, the best right there with the ACC. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, I'm just really excited. Um, and, and having a lot of those guys come back as well as I, uh, I came back, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, and it's you know, as, as a competitor, you know, you want those games. You want those teams that are really good and, and in those rankings because, you know, when you beat them, that makes it all the more better. Um, so, you know, it's very exciting for us, and we know, you know, it's going to be tough. And, and obviously, you know, when you have to play on the road, you know, that makes it even tougher in, in those people's buildings. Uh, but we're very excited, and especially as a senior. Uh, you know, I want to have a couple of not- notable road wins this year. When you've done everything that you have done, what more can you be better at in the college game? You know, I think – there are a lot of things, you know, especially as an individual player. I think I can pass the ball better and, and play make a little more when I, especially when I face, you know, the kind of heat that I do. You know, I'm always a guy who's critiquing my own game, and I think I can be even more efficient and shoot the ball at a higher level um, from all all the spots on the court. I think you know the main thing for me is defensively, just in continuing to improve on that area, being able to defend the rim at a higher level. Um, you know, I improved my block shots a lot last year, but I can continue to take strides and, you know, guarding ball screens better and everything like that. But overall, you know, I think just winning. Um, I think, you know, our team has been a you know, 21 team two seasons in a row, but I want to push, you know, that a little further and, and obviously make some noise, you know, when we get to the postseason. And 
I think that's, you know, kind of what's left for me. And I'm always a guy who's going to continue to push and find anything um, to improve on. And, and, and I've been analyzing my film from last year a lot and trying to, you know, work on things and see different moments and, and, and see what I could have done better. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're definitely going to see a lot of, a lot of improvements from that game. All right, let's play just around a Big Ten rapid fire here because you talk about how deep the conference is. It's going to lead to, to some fun answers here, I think. The three players that pop in your head first that have just been so tough to go up against. Um, can, does, it, does this year, like players this year? Or players players that, anybody in your career that comes to mind. Jalen Smith, uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, and Isaac Haas. Xavier Tillman's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he was a truck yeah he was he was you know obviously the best I think the best defender I played against in you know my time in the Big Ten so far you know him along with Jaron Jackson my freshman year you know you talk about two high level defenders in Michigan State and, and both of them were you know defensive player of the year so I think you know those guys were fun to go against um and I, I wish you know we had one more chance as they were coming last year but obviously we got cut short of the Big Ten tournament Who's the coach that talks the most trash? The coach that talks the most trash. I don't even know, honestly. I, I that's that's a tough one. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> you don't know. How about how about the coach that I don't know, maybe maybe they've had the smirk at you or, or a joke or some or a fun interaction, an opposing Big Ten coach that comes to mind. Uh, you know, I think, you know, again with Michigan State, Coach Izzo, I think after last year's game at Michigan State. You know, he talked to me for a little bit about, you know, my season and, you know, how he was, um, you know, just, just you know, proud of me and, and seeing me develop over these years and, and you know, thought I was a player of the year in the conference. And that was, you know, a big thing for him to say, especially, you know, with, you know, Cassius Winston's on on his team. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, definitely a crazy moment for me, especially a guy that, you know, I, I'd seen, you know, his teams play, you know, when I was younger and, and being a college basketball fanatic. Um, so that was it. Was an awesome, awesome moment for me. Toughest place that you've played. Toughest place you played. I think um, you know playing at Purdue is very tough. Um, that is one of the best ones, and I think also you know Michigan State as well. I think mm -hmm. those two are the toughest ones. But you know when you go to the rack, that's another place that's very hard to play at. And Maryland has a great environment there. You know you, you talk about you know a team with some crazy road environments and and. You know, the Big Ten has that, you know, pretty much every stop. All right, Luca Garza, we're just a couple weeks out from college basketball season. Your senior season, the floor is yours. What is your message to Hawkeye Nation? I'm locked in. That yeah. is phenomenal. <laughs> that, that, that could have been, you know, it could have been 35, 35 words, 40 words. You know, get ready, we're ready. I'm locked in. I'm locked in for you, my friend. Uh, congratulations on what you've already done. Best of luck this season. It's very cool to have part of the center of attention in the sport of college basketball be on Iowa City and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Good luck this year, and, and go get them. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you can just tell Luca Garza is the total package, not only what he's done, on the floor, the 24 and 10 that he averaged last year, he'll be a national player of the year front runner, but you can tell he's got a bright future and it goes beyond just the Hawkeyes this upcoming college basketball season, because 
he's all class, and we appreciate him taking the time today with us on Full Court Press. So with that, let's get to my Big Ten preseason power rankings. I am all in on what's happening in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes are my top team in the Big Ten entering this season, and here's why. Garza is a matchup nightmare, but it's what goes beyond him in the backcourt. And what I really like about Iowa is that when Jordan Bohannon was hurt last year, Joe Toussaint, the freshman from New York, and he plays like a New York type of city kid, he got invaluable time. So the dynamic between Toussaint coming back as a sophomore, confidence high, Bohannon now back after his injury last year to his hip, that is going to be a really interesting backcourt duo. You combine that with Joe Wieskamp, who's just a solid all-around player, versatile, rebounds the basketball well, as well as Connor McCaffrey, who can shoot it from long range, and you have an extension of your head coach on the floor in Fran. The Hawkeyes, if they defend, can hoist a national championship trophy. They could have the most effective offense in college basketball this upcoming season. Iowa's number one. Number two, Wisconsin. The Badgers return pretty much everybody. Nate Reavers is an all-Big Ten first-team selection, in my opinion. I think he's one of the best players in the league. And then you just you combine that with Brad Davison, who seems like he's been at Wisconsin forever. And the core that they have, the Badgers defend as well as anybody in college basketball. They're no doubt about in the top 10 preseason team. If they can generate enough efficient offense, almost the opposite of Iowa. You know, their if is what they do on the offensive end, but Wisconsin just grinds you down. And when you have to play that in March and they defend at such a constant level, I like Wisconsin as number two. Number three, there's not a team that excites me more in the country this season um, that's not in the top five because I don't think they'll be in the top five in the preseason poll. There's not a team that excites, intrigues me more heading into this season than Illinois. Ayo Desumu said it was a 99% chance he was heading to the NBA. He was an amazing guard last season for the Fighting Illini. Desumu is back for Brad Underwood. Kofi Coburn is a high-level center. Can't wait till he goes up against Luca Garza this season. Coburn is back. Unsung hero of Illinois, Trent Frazier, because offensively he can go through struggles, but he's a great defender. That allows Tosumu to really focus on leading the scoring efforts for this team. The Fighting Illini have not been to the NCAA tournament since 2013. Remember those Bruce Weber-led teams? You know, in the early 2000s, Illinois was a factor every year. They were a Final Four-type team. They haven't had those types of aspirations in the last decade and change in, in Champaign. Those expectations are back. Illinois is number three in my Big Ten power rankings. Number four, Michigan State. Rocket Watts, how much does he increase his role? What do we see from him as a sophomore? And then for, for the Spartans, they lose Xavier Tillman. So how do they find consistency in their front court? When you have Watts, when you have Aaron Henry, who tested the NBA draft waters, Sparty, Tom Izzo, I have them at number four. They could finish number one. You know, this is just a preseason poll. At the end of the day, it doesn't, 
it ends up not uh, meaning much more than discussion and debate and fun conversation. Sparty's number four. They're as good of a fourth team in the conference standings as any in the country. And that's why the Big Ten is going to send nine or ten NCAA tournament teams. And I'll, I'll get to that in a few moments. Number five. Number five in the Big Ten. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So I go on the side of experience. Geo Baker's back. Ron Harper Jr.'s back. They have a core of players that turned the corner in Piscataway last year. The biggest question, how does Rutgers handle having a target on their backs? They're not going to surprise anybody this year in the Big Ten. They're a factor. They bring in Cliff Amaruri, a highly rated prospect who will add something to the front court. They have Miles Sanders back. That front court's deep. They're a gritty, defensively-oriented team. Uh, they play to that New Jersey style. That's what Steve Peichel's done. Rutgers is number five because they have a late-game shot maker, playmaker, and Geo Baker. And when you have that type of player and you play as hard as Rutgers does defensively and on the glass, Baker can finish games for them. They learned how to close. The Scarlet Knights are number five in my Big Ten preseason rankings. Number six, Ohio State. Curious team. They're probably the team with the biggest question mark next to them heading into this season, but I'm going with them at number six. They lose Caleb West to the NBA draft. They lose Luther Muhammad to Arizona State. They lose guard DJ Carden to Ohio State and Alonzo Gaffney to junior college. Now, they filled those gaps with Cal transfer Justice Suing and Harvard Seth Towns. I like their backcourt, Ohio State's backcourt. They really came together at the end of last year. Both were in double figures over the course of their last six games, C.J. Walker and Dwayne Washington. The Buckeyes' front court concerns me, but I think Chris Holtman has kind of changed what he's doing in Columbus a little bit. Chris Holtman won at Butler. He didn't need to get the best recruit. Now, he could get that at Ohio State as time goes on, but he just needs to recruit to what he had when he was at Butler. Um and then develop those types of players. He has to find maybe maybe it's a better fit. I'm not sure what the what the right what the right tool word there is, but I like Ohio State six. I'm curious to see um, what we see from Walker and Washington this upcoming season. The Buckeyes did lose Caleb Wesson. That was a big loss. Number seven, Minnesota. Richard Pitino's team was actually a top 30 Kenpom team last year but they finished under 500. Those two things don't, don't go together. Um, they have a star in Carr who tested the NBA draft waters and is back for Minnesota. I like the Gophers in my seventh spot. Number eight, Indiana. Crucial year for Archie Miller. Year four. They've got to try to put something together. Um, and for the Indiana Hoosiers to do that, you know, they, they can't have some of their star players come and go. They've got to find consistency. They've been one of the more inconsistent teams over the last couple of years. Now, they were on their way, potentially, to the NCAA tournament last year. They were heading there, but everything got stopped. This is a critical year for the Hoosiers. In Bloomington, you know, people are they, – they want to see Archie Miller take this program to where they thought he could take them. Very critical year. And I think that when you're eighth in the Big Ten, there's nothing to hang your head on um, because <laughs> – 12 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten. This is the stat that you need to know about the Big Ten. 12 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten last year were in the Ken Palm top 34 in the country. 12 of the top 34 teams, according to Ken Pomeroy, were from the Big Ten. 
So if you're eighth in the Big Ten, you know, you might be third or fourth in a lot of other leagues. There's no question the Big Ten is the best conference in America. Number nine, Michigan. I think that they've got a, a fascinating wing duo in Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers. My question with the Wolverines is what they do in their backcourt. Number 10, Maryland. They lose Anthony Cowan. Uh, they bring back Aaron Wiggins, who I think is a guy that can take the next step. Will he take the next step? If he does take a significant leap, Maryland could be higher than 10, but they start at number 10. This is a retooling year for Mark Turgeon. Mark Turgeon, who doesn't get enough credit for what he's done at Maryland. I know Maryland fans want to see him be Gary Williams. Maryland has consistently been near the top of the Big Ten uh, and, and has, made, has gotten you know, close to the second week of the NCAA tournament. People want to see them turn the corner, make a Final Four. They could have done that last year. Season got cut off. They're one of the teams that really it was, it was unfortunate for them. Number 11, Purdue. Number 12, Northwestern. Number 13, Penn State. And number 14, Nebraska. So again, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, and Rutgers. They're my top five of the Big Ten. The middle of this league is going to be a bear, a monster. But you're talking about what I believe to be 10 NCAA tournament teams this upcoming year. 10. The Big Ten is absolutely loaded. And it starts with Luca Garza and Iowa. And we thank Luca for coming on Full Core Press today. Next week, we will have Wake Forest head coach Steve Forbes. Forbes coming over from East Tennessee State and taking over at Wake Forest. So how are things going? It's, it's a weird year to be a first-year head coach. We're going to dive into that. We'll dive into the ACC, and we'll, we'll talk a little Demon Deacons. We're going to go down to Winston-Salem. Another episode of Full Court Press is in the books. Thanks again to Iowa superstar, National Player of the Year frontrunner, Luca Garza, for spending time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein. Bruce helping, filling in this week with a bunch of our shows taping right now. Thanks to Bruce for helping out today. Tom Phillip edits the show. We always appreciate his contributions. And you can check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. And get this, folks. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. That drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and King McClure drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. This week, they have Baylor head coach Scott Drew. Yeah, we're talking a lot of college hoops right now. Season's around the corner. And Coach Drew, who coached King McClure, one of our newest team members here at Pure Hoops Media, Scott Drew and his Baylor Bears might be the number one or number two team in the country this upcoming year. They would be in my book. And they're going to be right around there in the preseason polls. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with Iowa Hawkeyes legend B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday, and Lakers owner Jeannie Buss will be his next guest on October 26th of the NBA champion L.A. Lakers. So check out Jeannie Buss on October 26th right here on Pure Hoops Media, and we'll be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press. Check out all of our shows, subscribe and download them, rate and review them, but most of all, enjoy. See you next week on Full Core Press.